Witty, thought-provoking, and uplifting, Southern Soul Livestream is a program that you'll invite your friends over to watch every week where you'll learn about interesting guests and get to share in their fascinating experiences. Tune in each Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern to connect with guests from across the generations and to laugh with our eclectic hosts who are as charming as they are talented. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's our host, Calvin. How you doing, my brother? Tell us about the world of business. Is that a question? Or is that an intro? Oh man, hey man, I'm I'm blessed, man. I, I got I got to give a shout out. I'm from Louisiana, uh, Roots Southern University. I I roll pretty strong with the Jaguars, and uh, I'm just glad to be here. I represent Oklahoma Baptist University. And uh, how many of you want to be successful in life? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, uh, that's why I like. So uh, I I have been I. I I left my I left my I want engineering by undergrad undergraduate degree is engineering uh, mechanical engineering and uh, several years ago 2016 I retired at 50 and uh, God brought me to Oklahoma Baptist University where I teach uh, business marketing and leadership and here's here's some things I found about small businesses a lot of times they have two problems with entrepreneurs lack of capital everyone knows that how many need some money anybody anybody need some money raise your hand praise the Lord okay. But the, but the issue that I deal with, uh, Cap, is, is, is marketing. Uh, a lot of people don't understand marketing. It's more than just selling and buying. And I've, I've, I've worked with my students. We've helped over 100 companies all across the world. And, and, and what we talk about is doing a, a checkup. Do you know your vision? Do you know your buy? Who, why do people buy from you? And, and so that's what, that's what we're all about, man. Just kind of helping, try to help people out, you know, in terms of marketing, giving them skills. And one of the things I want to mention in 2020, we realized something, even churches, that if you don't have a digital platform, you don't exist. And uh, so uh, that's one of the things we kind of help uh, small businesses with, uh, entrepreneurs, trying to navigate that, trying to understand, you know, try to take the academic stuff and try to make it make it sense. Uh, one of the things I talk about is uh, something called Porter Five Forces. And it looks at the plane and see, uh, are you in a favorable, unfavorable market? Yeah, I know uh, you make the best uh, sweet uh, uh, sweet potato pie uh, at your church, but that don't necessarily mean that you you know how to run a business. And uh, that's that's what uh, those things, uh, Porter Fire Forces, uh, looking at those kind of things is very important. So I'm just I'm just happy to be here, man. I'm just, I'm just happy to be part of the crowd, man. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dale Green. You know, one thing I'll share about Dr. Dale Green is, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship ecosystem, I often describe it as, hey, you know, if you want to be in show business, you used to go to Hollywood, but now they come to uh, what they, they come to ATL. But if you want to be in the stock market, you go to New York. But what do you go when you want to start a small business? So you want to make sure you got the proper support, you know, people you can talk to who get it. <clears throat> well, the good news is you don't have to go anywhere. You can create that. And we call that an ecosystem. It has resources. It has support. It has education. It has incubator. It has all of the things that are important. Tonight, we're going to be talking about ecosystem, but more specifically of how we create and operate in our own ecosystems. And Tamika, if you can help me, I'm gonna remove Dr. Green from the spotlight because I wanna get as many of our speakers on the main screen. 
And what I do know is that as you speak, you will be promoted to the main screen. So let's get um, Virginia spotlighted and Andre spotlighted and we can go from there. But what I want to do is kind of get started. And um, but I want to start with the entrepreneurs. And this is a great opportunity to share in the chat for some of my entrepreneurs. Tamika going to share um, in the chat your contact information if not, make sure you share your information so that people know how to follow you, how to contact you. The cool thing about this as an entrepreneur, it's all about shine. So if you hear, it's all about getting the word out. In addition to that, when um, I send out a recap tomorrow, I want to make sure I share your information. So make sure you put your information in the chat because I'm going to send out links for everyone who's here tonight. But I want to get started. I'm going to pick one of my favorite persons. I want to pick my brother, Nakota, because he known to speak. And, you know, he my brother. So you can ask him anything. He's just going to talk. Right. Because he got what the gift of gab. Right. My brother, Nakota. First question tonight. I want you to go. But some of the entrepreneurs are going to get the same thing. And raise your hand if you want to go next. But I'm just going to go through the room. But we don't make sure all the entrepreneurs get a chance to speak. Uh, Nakota, tell us about your business, what you do and why you started this business. Sure. And what we're going to try to do is um, just for timing, you know, 30 to 30 seconds to two minutes is considered a, a valid response. So feel free to use the whole two minutes or if you want to be brief, 30 seconds. But, you know, if you see me talking, it's because you're going longer than two minutes. FYI, my brother Nakota, you first. <laughs> what a, yeah, what a, I know. What a way to start it. Family, right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, we are Staples Intense. Uh, I am Nakota Staples. My wife, who is also on the phone, her name is Sonia. Um, we create curated outdoor events for Black people uh, focused on getting people outdoors and connected with each other and connected with nature. Uh, we host an event called The Gathering. Uh, we've held three of them, and we work to bring outdoor experts together, um, have a ton of interesting, mindful activities, uh, experts from every type of outdoor activity that you could imagine. Uh, we also do um, different Black businesses that we think are useful and helpful in growing your own uh, business. And uh, what else do we do? I'm sure my wife is over here like, that is not the script. But <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing, Dakota. Next up, what I want to go to is Belinda, Miss Belinda Reed. If you don't mind, I'm going to get all of the um, speakers unmuted. But Belinda, um, you can go next. And after Belinda is going to be Shan. And after Shan is Betty. Okay. Hi, everyone. Good evening. My name is Belinda Reed. I hail from Newark, New Jersey. And um, my business is Lit Ices, which is a specialty ice cream shop. Right now, it's available on DoorDash and Grubhub. And I also manage and operate vending machines, BZR Vending. We just secured a contract in Georgia Tech. Yay. So um, my idea and what my plan is to combine both of those businesses, BZR Vending and Lit ICs, and put these vending machines in central locations throughout the United States. I think I'm starting with like five states. I'm going to get 15 machines. And yeah, we're going to make it do what it does. And um, I love what I do. I got it from my mother. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Belinda. Next up is Shan. Shan, tell us about your business. Which you, oh yeah, before I go, I forgot to tell you guys the audience engagement. We always have something fun for the audience. Audience. Surprise for all of the entrepreneurs is this. I'm proposing 
a special project. And Tamika's going to monitor it in the chat, and she's going to look for the best ideas. This is a special project. As you listen to all of the entrepreneurs, audience, this is your assignment. Come up with which entrepreneurs should collaborate together and create some sort of business project, endeavor, or activity. Right? It could be smoothies plus outdoors. Outdoor smoothies. I don't know. I just made that up, right? But that's the audience participation. We want to see you guys active in the chat. Also, let us know where you're dropping in from city and state. Next up, Shan. Shan, tell us about you. Tell us about your business. Yeah. Um, hey, everyone. I'm Shan Nadridge. Um, by the way, Belinda's pops are amazing. Okay. Like if y'all can ever get to Belinda and get some ice cream from her, please do. They're amazing. <laughs> um, so my business is called uh, Sunsoon. And uh, we are a woman-owned company that offers yoga and mindfulness practices to groups, um, individuals, um, community organizations, uh, businesses, and educational institutions. And what we do is we curate small pop-ups. Uh, we also do private home parties where we teach yoga and um, quarterly wellness workshops where we infuse traditional yoga, meditation, um, sound healing, and com community collaboration in the work that we do. And um, we're currently really, really hyper-focused on providing services to educators and students in DeKalb County's um, underserved schools. And the goal is to impact 2,500 educators by the year 2025. And the reason why is because I'm a former educator from New York City, and um, I had created an after-school yoga program that taught meditation and taught movement to my students. So after just running that as a successful program, I realized that educators were very much in need of this type of practice. And it, it's it's so necessary because it's there's a large exodus of really great educators leaving the classroom. Um, so I turned my focus to schools and pretty much like niche down to educators and students. And um, we know these programs are not being provided on a large scale because of the lack of school funding, even though these programs are incredibly and extremely important. Um, so that's pretty much what I do. And in addition, I host small intimate events um, called Black Women Gathering, where a group of Black women get together and we meditate, we do yoga, we journal, and just have really great conversations. Awesome. Awesome. Make sure, um, Belinda and Shan, you share in the chat your contact information. Tamika got a hands full, but we actually got a one cool audience idea so much from Sonia of Staples and Tents. She says, yes, yes. yoga in the woods. I Ooh, love it. It sounds like fun. And I guess that's what grown folk do. Miss Pat, <laughs> up next. <laughs> and you got to give that credit to Ren who who put that idea out there first. I give Ren no credit. <laughs> 
I'm giving Sonya the idea. Ren already, he ain't been here in a month of Sundays. But anyway, that's my brother, so I got to talk about him. Hey, family gets the best treatment, by the way, in case y'all were wondering. Miss Betty, how you doing? Tell I us about, and, and we're going to get through the questions, because the first question is tell us about your vin- business and why you started it. I love the passion behind it, because one of the things I love about entrepreneurs, especially the entrepreneurs who start these things from scratch, they ain't just doing what other people do, Right. They got passion and purpose behind that. So, Miss Betty, you up next. Um, tell us about your business and what you do and why you started it. Right. Well, uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Betty Walker, and I started my business back in 2015 uh, at the end of, of being laid off from uh, the law firm that I work for. I have, My background is in publishing and in uh, legal as a legal executive assistant. Um, But when I got laid off from my job, I decided to start my own. uh, At the time, I really wanted to focus on um, human services consulting and counseling. Uh, It has now evolved into me specializing in Black trauma, uh, mental health advocacy, conflict uh, negotiations, and that type of thing. Um, For the last two years, I have really sort of devoted my time and energy and really writing about Black trauma from my own perspective and my own experiences and stories. Uh, One of the things that I have uh, observed over my lifetime, I'm probably one of the older ones within this group, um, is I I came from a baby boomer era, and I find that... um, Trauma is not a uh, trauma nor mental health is something that is a common uh, subject within black households. You know, only recently have we started talking to it. And I also find that within our communities, we we get a little uneasy even having the conversation. But I know for myself, um, it was very liberating for me to be able to write about it, to talk about it. Um, and of course, I also um, not only have a master's in human service counseling, but I'm also a licensed minister. So uh, for me, it was really having God kind of walk me through the process of everything and helping me to see the lessons that came out of the experience of the different things that I deemed as a trauma-related um, situation. But it was they were really a uh, part of the processing of me to bring me to the place that I am today. So really excited about what I'm doing. I'm looking forward to doing some podcasting and uh, having some what I call healing conversations uh, within the Black community, because I think we need it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Miss Miss Betty was one of the first places, and I call Miss Betty because I just gave her that name and she allows me. But you know, I, I, we love the generations here at Southern Soul. We talk about, you know, four generations. Now it's five. And it's a great segue for next week's show. It's going to be a different panel. But this is called The Story of Gen Z. And we're going to probably have six to ten panelists that are going to be giving their testimony, their story about Gen Z. So we love the different generations. We love hearing the stories. So one thing I appreciate about um, Miss Betty's story is that, one, she's one of the first persons that reached out to me. And is like, Calvin... I need you to help me get my podcast going. I'm like, I got you. And you know, when she said the, the good Lord told me, I'm like, well, I got a big responsibility, so I got to do it right. When any customer tell you the Lord told me, y'all know you can't do it right, right? You got to do it right. You can't do it wrong. But up next, I got Diane and then Archie next. Uh, I appreciate my brother Archie. And after Archie is going to be Erica. Uh, Diane, tell me about your business, what you do and why you started it. 
Um, yes, my name is Diane Rambo, and um, I kind of did a 360. I got a bachelor's in psychology. I just thought I was going to go into counseling, but I actually accidentally fell into travel um, because I traveled a lot. But then my son at the age of three was officially diagnosed with autism. And so I was in a training and did autism travel. And I was like, you know what? No one has ever done that niche before. And no one's ever specialized in uh, how travel can really help someone with um, autism. So I, I got certified in autism travel. And when, the more I started advertising and talking to families, the more I learned families were very reluctant to even going to the grocery store with their child. Mm. And that hit home for me because I actually was that same person. I didn't want to go to the store with my son. I didn't want to go anywhere fun with my son because I was like, what are people going to think about me? Do I discipline my child right? Or, you know, all the stairs and, you know, people breathing down my neck. So I went ahead and transformed into autism strategist because I felt that families need to really understand how important it is to teach them the simple life skills so that if something was to happen to us, then they are well taken care of or can somewhat manage on their own or with little to minimum help. Because even though autism is not curable, it is ways to reduce the symptoms with continuous work. And so I now help any mom or any caregiver, whether you're a mom, an uncle, a dad, really help them develop simple strategies using time effective um, skills because with those strategies, you customize it, tweak it to how the family dynamic is ran. And when you include them into the family trips or even in simple life, day-to-day uh, -day, um, life skills, say going to the grocery store, managing money, um, how to clean a house, how to dress themselves, things like that. We don't think that those things uh, really affect them or impact them in such a way because now we're in this whole rush of let's get let's get to work let's get this oh it takes them too long so I got to hurry up and do this especially in uh people of color um I'm actually biracial so I have kind of both spectrums where one side is telling me oh you know we're not even going to acknowledge it where I have the other side tell me oh no it's not autism it's just a behavioral issue so I have both sides really come down on me to where they're like okay parenting you know you're not doing it right. No, they actually do have a cognitive thing that is affecting them. And we just have to manage how we talk to them. So now building this uh, platform to where I'm helping any mom or any caregiver really understand how to manage their day-to-day -day activities, how to manage their, um, not only their child, but also their own uh, behaviors and how they think, then they can actually transform their child's life to really build a successful and abundant life. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, I, I just get very passionate and excited about the work Diane does. And even all of the panelists they do is because, you know, a wise person once said, if you want to see change in your life and society, start a business. And if you see the theme, the thread is that each of these entrepreneurs are doing their thing. Next up is my brother, Archie. Man, when I first met Archie, I was like, yeah, he kind of, you know, you know, shy brother number two, right? But then that brother started talking. I said, wait a minute. What's up, Archie? How you doing, man? Tell us what's about up, you doing? what you're doing, man. Oh, what's up, guys? My name is Archie Clay III. I'm the co-founder, CEO of the Luxury Hat and Accessories Company called Webrams. Uh, Webrams is built on a foundation of faith, family, and confidence. Uh, we exist to instill unapologetic confidence in everyone one brand at a time. 
what we realize is that, of course, within luxury fashion, it sometimes is materialistic, right? But for us, it's, of course, creating high um, high quality items, but also understand that we can impact the community at the same time, right? So for us, our focuses are mental health, cancer, entrepreneurship, really being a community, really getting people to understand how to build a sustainable business. Uh, we're currently in Nordstrom's and even markets will be in SAC later on this year. So for us, it's, it's you know, building scalable business, a scalable brand within a fashion industry that we're not really in, um, but more importantly, trying to figure out how do we bring our community with us for them to understand. I also have a consulting company called Rosetta Capital Group, where I help companies, small businesses, understand how to build infrastructure, right? There's a difference. And, you know, of course, we can all get the six figures, but get into those million dollars, you have to build infrastructure. You have to be very intentional on what it looks like of building your foundation, right? What does your go-to-market strategy look like? You know, what does it look like to connect with influencers? What does it like to understand your customer? Who is your customer? What is your analytics? What does it look like to actually scale? Like a lot of times we're going month to month. We have to think about the future. We have to think about how do we scale to the next level? At the end of the day, we talk about we want to build generational wealth, but we can't continue to do the same patterns over and over again, over and over again, and trying to build a company month to month, week, week day to day. We have to think about the future, right? So um, we're a company that really just built off of the, off of family. My grandmother passed away from cancer when I was in college. That was kind of the foundation of, of me and changing my life, my, my thought process on how I look at the future. Um, she was someone that's really into her faith, you know, really into family and being very confident. A lot of times people don't have confidence, but I think it's important for luxury companies to kind of preach that while they're also selling the items to the individuals, right? At the end of the day, you know, you don't need our product. Our product is added value to you and what you already have at the end of the day. So thank you guys for having awesome. me. Awesome. 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 Next up is Erica. How you doing, Erica? Tell us about your business and why you started it. And I, I love your story because your story includes a pivot. You may not tell us all your business, but tell us about your business and why you started it. Erica. I miss you. I miss you. Okay. So I have three. I'm, I'm going to just talk about all three briefly and then I'll go into um, Divas Prerogative. But I have an HR consulting company. It's called Essential Business Connections. So I focus on employee relations. And then I have Divas Prerogative, which is a travel and lifestyle brand. Um, and it's just that and that's the one I'm going to go into more detail. And then I just recently started um, selling digital products on Etsy. So I do digital um, digital artwork um, utilizing AI. And I utilize AI in a bunch of different ways because I'm learning to work um, using AI to work easier, make our lives easier because it's here now, it's not going anywhere and we might as well all get on the um, train. But uh, Diva's Prerogative is a lifestyle brand. And I started that uh, simply for representation. Prior to the pandemic, I traveled um, a lot. I'm an army brat, so I've lived overseas. I've lived in Italy and Germany. And then um, I traveled about five times a year internationally. And when I traveled, I noticed that um, like most things, there wasn't a lot of representation. I was not able to find products that looked like me, products that were cute and were stylish and trendy, um, that made life more convenient. And so I decided to start the brand specifically with travel and I'm moving into lifestyle. But um, that is that's the background there. Awesome. Thank you, Erica. And a big shout out to Erica. When I first started getting to publishing products, you know, I was confused. I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I said, Erica, you know, I really need somebody to teach me how to fish. 
And Erica, man, oh my goodness, you call it favor. You know, if you spend any time near the church, you know, they call favor. You know, the regular world, they call it luck. No, this wasn't luck. This was favor. Erica's like, okay, Calvin, I got you. I'm going to charge you, but I'm going to show you how to fish. And like Forrest Gump, I've been publishing ever since then. So thank you, Erica, for blessing me with your skills. And I'm trying to get started on this AI. I just created a birthday invitation for my son's eighth birthday using AI. So I'm getting there. I haven't did the writing yet, but I'm starting to get there. Right. So I got the AI bug. Next up is Virginia. I got to tell you all about Virginia, y'all, is that this woman is an artist, right? She gets to making products. And I don't know, every time I look at one of her products, y'all got to check out her Instagram, is that it, it, it takes me home because I had a lot of her products in the house I grew up. So as I sit there watching her, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm, I'm back home and I'm, I'm connecting with my mother and things like that. Virginia, tell us about you, your business, and why you started it. Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, so... I initially started painting for what I call painting for peace. Um, it helped me to unwind. It was more so for my mental health well before I started the business. Um, also, I'm a natural creative, so painting any old thing <laughs> makes me feel good. But I started painting so much and had so many canvases ready to go that people started asking for them. So I had about 20 pieces before I even started business, before I decided, let me turn this into a business and start making money off of it. I was giving it away. That's how I started. Um, my sister came to me and she's the one that gave me the idea. My sister, her name is Shalitha. She's also a business owner. She said, you know, you should start selling these pieces because I'm pretty sure your product is resin. Those canvases, that pigment costs a lot of money and it really did. <laughs> So that's what started Lotus Pearls Creations, which is my business name. Um, I also have a website. Um, that same day, my sister brought that idea to me. I went to the website because now everything is done online. So I went online, pulled up the uh, Small Business Association, and um, went ahead and did my LLC. As soon as I did my LLC and received my credentials, I went ahead and did my EIN. And got that and opened up a business bank account and got everything legitimized within two to three days. Um, did my website that same day. It took me about three hours to do the website. But once I set my mind to do something, I get it done. If I can get it done that same day, I'm going to get it done that same day. But art is my passion. Um, I have some pieces right here for you. Awesome. Just so you can, you know, get a good view. Now look at that. Don't, don't they take y'all home, right? I mean, that made me want to put on my gators and, you know, and just do what I do. Right. I mean, I mean, I don't even know what that is. It's just beautiful. So painting the actual art in painting is peaceful to me, but also looking at it. So having paint and art in your house is also peaceful. It helps with your mental health as well. I have two. I have one more piece right here to show you guys. Oh, my goodness. Oh, got a little purple and gold in there. I see it. Uh-huh. Yes, this one is actually called Purple Rain. Mm, mm, mm. See? Oh. But that's how I started Lotus Pearls Creation. This is my baby. This is my passion. 
Awesome. Thank you. Now, I'm going to go to Andre next, and I want you guys to be thinking about the next question. And what we're going to do is do a Q&A segment at the end. So, Bethany, I'm going to pull you in for the Q&A. And uh, I'm enjoying the chat. I'm loving the excitement. Make sure after you guys speak, you make sure you share your information in the chat. I'm going to go back through the chat and make sure I share that information by email tomorrow so that all the people who RSVP'd for the event can have that contact information. Now, next up is my brother, Andre. Andre, one of the most supportive entrepreneurs I um, have. Whenever I'm doing anything, Andre's like, I'm there. I got you. I, I may be doing anything. I'm like, man, I'm trying to get this idea together. I'm trying to whatever. Andre's okay, I'm there. Andre, my brother, welcome here. You're one of my favorite entrepreneurs. Tell us about your business and why you started it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Andre Smith. I'm founder of Chosen.io. Uh, we're a mental, mental fitness uh, company. And so my mental health journey was a mix of uh, life mistakes, uh, mentors, books, podcasts and eventually therapy in my 30s. And I, I didn't go until my 30s, not because I had anything against therapy, it just wasn't a part of the conversation at my table. Um, and unfortunately, you know, my story isn't particularly unique. Uh, you know, over 50% of people that need mental health care on a yearly basis uh, don't receive it, um, despite us spending hundreds of millions of dollars in this past uh, decade. And so um, we, even if you were to make therapy free for everybody, there's going to be a good portion of society that's not going to go, um, you know, whether it's cultural reasons, religious reasons, um, you know, it's not a part of many communities. And so I really want to change the way that we consume therapy uh, by uh, meeting people where they're at and moving the culture in a direction of consuming it the way that we think of fitness or sleep tracking. And so really excited about uh, making a change at a global scale. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Andre. Make sure you share in the chat some information before we transition to the next question. I want the entrepreneurs to kind of think about it. Now, this is one that everybody doesn't have to answer. But if you feel so compelled because you got a strong story you want to share, then please do share and we'll give anybody and everybody a chance to speak. But I'm calling this questions for some. So um, and Tamika, I think we may have lost one of our entrepreneurs. So let me know if you see him pop back in. And also, we're going to have another speaker pop in a little later. So um, just help me watch that um, as we step through. The next question, but before we go to the next question, I'll give you guys a think about it. The question is, knowing what you know now, right, what types of people, things, and resources have been helpful along your journey in being a business owner? We have some business owners that are native of Atlanta, I'm here in Atlanta, and some of the people I met is in Atlanta Incubator. Other people are not. They have global businesses. It's hard to describe my business because one of my challenges is that, hey, I'm looking for funding. But in looking for funding, they're like, hey, what zip code do you represent? I'm like, well, I'm kind of, we're going to do a show on Canada, right? I'm cultivating some speakers from Canada to talk about being black in Canada. So I'm just doing, you know, whatever. But when I'm looking for money, I got to figure out how to be local when I'm kind of not local, right? That's my personal challenge. But for you guys, be thinking about this question. What types of things and resources have been helpful, the positive, in your journey as a business owner in general or in Atlanta for my Atlanta peeps? Bethany, what do you think about the entrepreneurs? What do you think about some of the things you've heard? Any thoughts? I mean, what do you think about the jewels? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, one of the things that really kind of is jumping out at me is niche, you know, you hear that word. And that's a question that I'd love to hear some of them answer is, you know, how important has it been or or has it been important to you to really hone in and pick a niche as opposed to trying to be too broad? Because we're advised that you should really be 
your niche should be very, very, very focused. So I'd love to know about that. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you noticed that because you're right. Um, when you think about different businesses and, you know, my, my business training is coming back now, is that when I think about these speakers, they're very specific, right? Yeah. They yeah. Have a focus, right? They're like, whoa, 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 this is me. That's not me, right? So so you hit the nail on the head. That That's awesome. So going back to the next question, thank you for that, Bethany. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and if you feel, you know, so led to kind of throw um, a response to Bethany's question, please do. So Bethany's question, you know, how did you get to your niche? It seems like Archie got a question, Diane got a question, and Beth, uh, uh, Miss Betty. So Archie, you go first, my brother. Um, t- tell us your response. I mean, I think for me, it's just being consistent. And I think understanding that you have to be honest with yourself, with your product, right? A lot of times we have all these amazing ideas. And unfortunately, sometimes just because you have an amazing idea doesn't mean that it can actually sell, right? So I think it's really understanding how to connect data to your business. I think that's one thing that we kind of have to start doing now in this day and time is that when we're building the business from scratch, understand who your customer is and understand if you can find data that can support that business and that idea, right? I think for us it, in the beginning when we started, it was kind of just trying to scramble and figure out, okay, who is the customer, right? We're trying to figure out how to make a hat, but not sure how to make a hat, but still trying to figure out how to find a customer. You know what I mean? So it's like, now that I know this is like, even last year, well, early this year, um, we hired a data company to help us find data and understand how to have used data to use to connect to marketing to drive additional sales, right? So for me, I think those those are the key things is persistence, data, doing those things in ahead of time because if you can do it in the beginning, it saves you so much time and it allows you to scale quicker and you can hit those scales. So you can go to 50 to 200K easily if you know exactly your customers are. Awesome. You know, I got to speak in engagement tomorrow on data analytics. I'm going to steal Archie's response. Y'all. I'm going to be like, and hey, nah, I'm about to charge you now. Yeah. Come on now. He's a business. Hey, hey, I already know. I'm going to be reaching out to you on this data. Hey. And Ren already making jokes. Told my, I'll be quoting myself in the chat. I mean, I'm a, I'm a wise person. I think I do. Well, anyway, I'm going to leave that to y'all. Diane up next, Betty up next. It seems like we got a response from Diane, a response from Betty, and I will be reaching out to Archie about this data play because I like it. Um, next up, Diane. Uh-oh, she's on mute. Let me get you unmuted. Um, so somewhat piggybacking on what Archie was saying, um, I kind of come from a different place. I started a business. I really didn't know what I was doing, honestly. And then when I started working with um, business coaches, they started giving me uh, kind of an idea of what I kind of should be going towards. And I really didn't want to call myself a coach or a strategist or anything like that, although I've been teaching practically my whole life. Um, And so for me, uh, I'm kind of going backwards in in shaping my business and structuring my business. So I think really having that foundation of how to start a business and how to run a business and really taking that idea and have someone conceptualize it to something that whether you want to make money from it or not, because I kind of want to do nonprofit as well. So I want to bring in money to help others because that's kind of where my heart really is dear to me is to really help others. And so, yes, I want to make money on the um, the one that is profit, but for the nonprofit, you know, I'm not really looking to make money, but I'm looking into bring money to help those to be able to get into a better space. And so having that foundation in the very beginning 
having that structure and making it sound where you can actually take that idea and, and really build it into something. And then, you know, you do your market research, of course, figuring out your target audience, which what I thought my target audience is, it actually kind of flipped the script on me. I wanted to work with children because I love children, but I have more adults reaching out to me more than ever, especially with women, because women get diagnosed very late in this day and age because we mask our symptoms a lot because we we got to be strong. We got to be representing, you know, a, a family holding down the fort. And so it, it is very well masked with women. And that's why women, especially over 40, are not getting diagnosed and are reaching out to me. And even businesses are reaching out to me, which I didn't even conceptualize doing a, a business aspect of it, but businesses that provide care. For, for those that have autism, they're like, okay, what can we do if they're violent? What can we do if they're acting mm-hmm. like this? And so, um, you know, what you think your target might be, it, it actually will tell you, your audience will tell you themselves. So once you have that foundation and really have that market kind of come to you and tell you what they want from you, then you can really take that, um, your business to different heights. I love it. I love it. I love it. Data, data, data rules everything around me. You know, I'm going to connect Archie with Dr. Green because Dr. Green, I think you would love to probably get Archie to kind of speak to your class as well, because this brother is about his data. Um, Betty Walker, tell us about your perspective of uh, Bethany's question. Right. Um, I always um, I, I love what both Archie and Don said. I'm sort of a fusion of both of them. I'm not as proficient as Archie is. In the data analysis, I'm more uh, in line with Don and feeling my way through. Um, I have more of a honed in idea of what I want to do now, but it was it took a process for me because I didn't come into thinking about black trauma because as a business or something that I was passionate about. I started doing it because I was inspired to write about it in a book. And my book has just been evolving as I've been writing about it. So I would say that um, in the initial stages, it's really about you finding out what your uniqueness is and what what unique talents and passions that you bring to the table. And then um, you can always tell what you're really passionate about because you can do it day or night, all times of the day, you know, whether you get paid or not, you just, you're in it to win it type of thing. And so I think that's when you kind of recognize, okay, this, this is my niche. This is the thing that I really am passionate about. And I would also say to be open to the possibility that it will, it will evolve, that it may not necessarily stay the same thing. So just be open to the fact that you might start out in one thing, but it'll grow into something else. Um, And, you know, I always like to think in terms of the fact that uh, you know, like it says in scripture, you know, anything that's been done has already been done before, you know, so we live in a very repetitious and cyclical type of um, lifestyle. And so I like to be able to draw from what I've learned from the generations before me, you know, uh, whatever I, whatever mistakes they made, whatever vision they had, whatever they could impart to me, I take that, I build on it, I develop it, and I make it my own. Awesome, awesome. You know, I love that, um, Betty, because it does kind of talk about the evolution. And, 
Jay Halim is here to kind of share with us some of his wisdom. And this brother has a story. Y'all know I love a story, right? And I love a coming of age, an evolution story, a story of grit. So hold tight for Jay Halim because he got a story that's going to allude to what Betty is referring to is that evolution. So for the other part of the question, thank you, um, Bethany, for kind of throwing that in and really kind of getting us really thoughtful on that. Back to the other question of the things and resources that have been helpful along the way. I would love to hear from Belinda, from Shan, from Erica, from Andre in Virginia. What are some things that have been helpful to you along the way? And this could be a surprise. It could be like, oh, I kind of expect it. What are some things in starting your business that really have been helpful for you along the way? You can raise your hand or unmute yourself with whoever wants to go first. Go ahead, Erica, I'll get you unmuted. Yeah, raise your hand and I'll unmute you. Okay, so some of the things that have been helpful for me are um, resources from some nonprofit organizations like SCORE, also Small Business Administration um, in Atlanta. For those that are in Atlanta Ignite, Atlanta is another one, but also um, companies like Meta because Facebook has um, a platform, it's called Meta evaluate or something like that. I can't remember. But with that, they actually um, have a whole program where they were giving away scholarships. And if you were accepted, which I think almost everybody was, it allows you to um, become certified. And you can even, um, once you become certified, it's certified on um, like ads and things of like social media management. They have different levels. And once you become um, certified, you can use that certification to get a job if that's what you were looking for or to do it from an entrepreneurial perspective. Um, I had a few other things, but I would also say um, it, I, I find that it's important to find your, your tribe because as you alluded to, entrepreneurship can be lonely. So find your tribe. If you can't start one yourself, I started my own collective because myself and other people who are um, just starting out on our journey it was hard to find resources. Once, once we did find resources, um, here's an example. So Atlanta has a lot of money when it comes to um, the city of Atlanta. They have millions of dollars that they need to give away <laughs> to entrepreneurs. But if you're not a, a city of Atlanta um, business, then you don't have access to, to that um, those monies or those funds. And so um, finding other organizations that can help you with um, grants and other types of resources, I think is um, beneficial. I find from that for myself, but just finding your tribe so that you have someone to bounce ideals off of so that you don't want to quit. Um, those would be the things that I would say, but let me just back up too. But um, also if you can get yourself in an accelerator program as well, there's there are a lot of programs out there and even companies like I know um, some of the Fortune 500 Fortune 500 companies offer um, accelerator programs as well. And Verizon has a business program. American Express has a business program. So you can look on these Fortune 500 companies and see what they're offering for small businesses. Awesome. So. Thank you, Erica. Up next is Andre. Andre, share with you. And then after that, Belinda. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so for me, um, I'd say um, taking into take into account uh, the type of industry that you're in and how your industry is funded, because that will kind of determine who your tribe is and the resources that you need might be different across different um, 
uh, different industries. So to use an example of my uh, previous experience, my first entrepreneurial endeavor was embalming fluid. And so because it was a physical asset um, and it had to deal with manufacturing, um, going and talking to a banker or investment banks, um, it, that type of loan is different than what I'm doing now, which is software. So software, that industry has the expectations that that first two to 500 is kind of your responsibility of yourself and your family and friends. And so, um, you know, your tribe and the resources that you're going to need are going to look different depending on the industry that you're in. So really try to make an effort in understanding how your industry gets funded um, and then where those local resources are, um, whether it's mentors, advisors, accelerators, every industry has their own um, that will give you better insight and direction that's relevant to you and your personal experience. Because all advice is not necessarily relevant to you. Um, so that would be my my biggest recommendation. Thanks for that, Andre. You know, um, um, I enjoy Andre because when talking to him, I remember I was bummed out at first and I was looking at my demographics and they they weren't 50-50 like I want them to be. And I was like, man, I just don't know what to do. And Andre broke it down. He says, Calvin, for your industry, don't you realize that this type of person is going to support it and this type of person may not? And it hit me. I was like, oh, it is what it is. <laughs> so I, I, I like what he says. You know, some people call these microeconomics per se. But, you know, Andre is one of the persons you could talk to. I don't know where he get it from. Right. But if you want to talk to somebody about business, this brother just going to pull some information out of nowhere and be like, well, it works like this. And I don't know how he do it, but he's a good brother to talk to. Up next, Belinda. One of my favorite phrases about Belinda, I said, she going to be successful no matter what, because I've seen very few people who do all of the pieces, you know, the left, the right, the up, the down, you know, the continued education, all kinds of stuff. And I just watched Belinda. And I said, you're going to be successful. Be patient with yourself. It's just a matter of when, because she got everything. But Belinda, one of my favorite entrepreneurs, share with me your thoughts on the question. What are some resources and things that have been helpful to you? Most definitely. Um, for me, the resources that were instrumental in getting me to the place where I am is, to be honest, are these um, accelerators. Uh, Ignite Atlanta. Um, when I was in Newark, it was the Rutgers Newark Business Hub. And um, it's really an opportunity to connect and to network and to learn um, from others to try to adapt and evolve your business to where it needs to go. As well as for me, um, I'm on a journey right now building business credit. So I jumped on to Facebook and joined all these different groups. Now you need to distinguish which ones are reputable and which ones are just like, um, what do you call them? Uh, you said they were like fortune tellers or whatever. You know my favorite word, them snake oil salesmen. Yeah, snake oil salesmen. <laughs> yes. So you got to be able to distinguish. But yeah, I was able to go step by step to build my business credit. And, you know, I recently purchased a car in my business name in January. And, I, you know, I've only been building it only for one year. So, yeah, um, you know, being able to. Yeah, thank you. Using these accelerators to network and to um, evolve and just being able to put your chess pieces on the board and always ask questions and don't be afraid of um, just stepping out on faith sometimes. You know? I love it. I love it. Now we're in a home stretch. We got, you know, a last question. And, and I, I love this question because, you know, it really kind of talks to what I like to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. And what people don't, may not realize is that um, 
I remember I was chopping it up with uh, Jay Aleem as he speaks later, and it, the brother was just dropping, you know, all kinds of wisdom. But one of the things he, you know, said to me, and, I, and, and it was good because it actually reminded me of the show that I'm having next week, which is a panel of Gen Z. And the young lady said, hey, I do podcasting and I like to interview people because I'm trying to almost reverse engineer success. She says, but for our generation, we often see the previous generation, you know, boomers, X, Y, millennials, whatever. She said, y'all talk about success, but y'all never explain how y'all got there. It's like I started at the bottom. Now I'm here. She says, we don't know what's in the middle. Right. She's our we trying to generation Z. We trying to figure out how y'all got there. And I love it because one thing Jay Halim said, I'll talk to him about it later. He says, you know, social media has this thing of making people get mesmerized by the pot of gold. We see all of the pot of gold and the excitement, but we don't understand the work it takes to get to the pot of gold. And what I appreciate from these speakers is they talking about their experiences and how they got there. So for the last question, I want to kind of pull out of the audience and I would love to get everybody to speak on this topic is I'm going to call this wise advice. And I would love for everyone to give some wise advice to the audience. And here's the question. What advice would you give someone who's getting ready to start a business or something you wish you knew before you started? Now I can, I'm going to go first. Cause I believe in being vulnerable. People like, can you tell all your business? Yep. I'll tell you how I started my first business. Okay. It's a long time ago. So I'm going to put that out there. I was at work. I was mad. That got on my nerves. And I said, I'm done. Peace deuces. Now, what did I learn? That is a bad way to start a business. Why? I had not an exit plan. If I would have known back then, I would know you never quit a job. You let them fire you. You let them give you a sevens check, something. But when you say deuces, that means something else. It was not only the deuces, but it was the deuces without a plan. What would a plan look like? Y'all on my nerves. I'm going to start building my exit plan for 24 months. I'm going to stack checks for 24 months. Deuces made my ego feel good, but it made my bank account feel real sad. That's what I learned. That's what I would have known. So when I heard somebody telling Belinda one time, girl, you need to just, you know, quit your job. I said, girl, don't you? Mm -mm, the devil is a lie, don't you? <laughs> Been there, done that. Don't you let them people get into you. But that's my story. And as the man was saying earlier, everybody's advice ain't for everybody. But I know one thing, if you black and giving deuces before you got a plan, you may want to think about that one. But I would love to hear y'all's story. That's my story. Because I love telling my business. Raise your hand. Who want to go next? What's some advice, wise advice that I'm going to go Erica first and raise your hand when you're ready to go. And that you wish you knew before you started or something that you really a resource that's not there today that you really, really need. I'm combining two questions. Something that's missing that's not there that you wish you had, or two, some wise advice that you would give that you wish you knew when you started. Go ahead, Erica. Next up, Virginia, then Andre. Okay. So um I'll just say too, I I, I was very similar um to Calvin. I left my um job after 27 years, um, about a year ago. And I had a small plan, but I should have um I should have saved more more, more money. But it worked out. I, I got a really good consulting um, opportunity engagement shortly thereafter. But if you if you are um, if you are new or thinking about entrepreneurship, I I would suggest um, having having a plan. 
Um, but some other things I would say, some advice I would give is um, know that you can't do everything. Again, I, I talked about finding your tribe, but also get your rest and um, spend, spend, you, you should spend money. Don't try to do everything yourself. You can't, you can't do your service, you, your, um, your service or, or your business, um, and, and also be the, the marketer or the social media person, or, um, it is, don't try to wear too many hats. If you can, when you're first starting out, you may have to, but if you can, um, hire, spend the money, hire the professionals who know how to do it. And especially in this age of marketing, it's so many different things out there with SEO. Um, if you have a website, just getting your website ranked on Google, you have to have backlinks and alt, alt, um, alt, let me see, meta tags and alt, alt attributes and keywords and all of that. So spend the money uh, on the resources um, and then network, 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 and join, um, like I talked about a little bit earlier, join business webinars, um, where you can connect and learn things that you may you may not know just by searching Google. So I think awesome. I think those are the things I would say. Awesome. Thank you, Erica. Next up, um, Virginia, Andre, and then Archie. I want to make sure I get everybody else. And Nakota, I heard you talk a while. I'm going to get you pulled in there, too. Um, Virginia, tell us some of the things you wish. Two questions, you know, resources you wish you would have had, or things you wish you would have known before you started your business. Go ahead, Virginia. Bless us. Okay. So I actually want to give... Um, a little piece of advice. Um, starting my art business the first year was amazing. Um, this was my second business, by the way. My first business was very successful, but it's, it was wearing down my body. Um, my art business the first year was amazing, but the second year I took sort of a downturn. My advice to other entrepreneurs, especially artists, um, is to not give up. You may have to pivot. I had to pivot a little bit. So I had to add additional things to what I provided. Like now I teach painting because nowadays everybody wants to paint. So everybody wants to be an artist. So now I show people how to actually create specifically resin art. That's my niche. Uh, but don't give up when times get hard. Don't give up. It, you may have to pivot. You may have to make some changes to the service that you provide, but don't give up. That's it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Andre up next and then Archie. Uh, so for me, um, so my degree is in finance. So I am a firm believer that a lot of this comes back down to, to money and um, how you're going to scale your business. And so um, I think determining whether you want a lifestyle business, a small business, or a venture capital business, all of those things look very different. Um, and the requirements of what it's going to take to be successful and the steps that you're going to have to go through is going to be different. Um, and so I think um, make a determination of what, uh, which one you want so that you know what's required of you and also what's required required of your family and your support network to get there, um, you know, because it is a, a tough journey, regardless of which one that you take. Um, and so I think as long as you go into it with your eyes wide open, to me, that's the biggest thing. And so determine at what level you want to play. You know, thank you, Andre, for reminding us of that, because there definitely are different ways to do it. And I love this panel because there's different people. There's the micro business as designed, as defined as less than nine people. Then there's a small business that may be less than, 
you know, 20 K a year, I think it's, you know, um, 20 million in revenue. I mean, um, value, I can't remember, but then there's the multi-million dollar enterprise, right? They're different things. I love the concept of the lifestyle business. And I define that as being a business that may be a hobby that involves into things people pay you for, but you got other main sources of revenue. It's a hobby turned into a passion. And even if you lose money, it's okay because you do it for different reasons. My brother, Archie, talk to us, you know, what's um, some things, some advice you would give the audience, bless us with, you know, some of your pearls, some of your wisdom, my brother. I mean, first first and foremost, I would say it's entrepreneurship, what you truly want to do, right? I think you got to ask yourself that question is that it's not easy, right? So it's, I think someone said about pivoting and and all that, which comes with it, but you got to really understand is your mindset in the right place to be have a successful business because at the end of the day, I think we got to realize is that we got to get out of the mindset of just wanting to do just the basic, the minimum. Like we want to build an actual business that can scale to something for our families and our future in the future, right? That'll be the first thing. Uh, second thing would be be an expert in your, in your industry. Like I think that's one thing that we got to make sure that we are, are expert in our industry and making sure we're very knowledgeable in what we're, what we're building and understand how to build it right? Successfully, right? And, and I think in the beginning, it's like, it's using resources, using network, especially in Atlanta, it's the right center, it's TGS, like, in the beginning for me, I was at TGS every day, eight o'clock on the dot, getting lunch, breakfast, you know what I mean? So having the opportunity to connect and learn as much as possible, doing as many celebration programs, I did three celebrated programs last year, you know, so it's like learning as much as you can, be knowledgeable, um, and that knowledge will thrive through your business, and the last but not least, man, just stay faithful, stay prayed up, you know what I mean? Because it's going to be tough. You may not be able to take care of some bills at the time, you know, but God has a journey for you at the end of the day. And you have to listen. You, you just have to. If you if you feel something and you think it's it's not right, it's probably not. So I would say just really pay attention to what your what your what, what your mind and what your faith is telling you and, and stay locked in. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. You know, we're going to pause for a second and just chat with Bethany and I as we get um, um, Jay Haleem um, ready and on thing. But what I want to do is give anybody a chance to kind of wrap up. Is anything that some of our, you know, uh, entrepreneurs didn't get a chance to say, didn't get a chance to speak on that you would like to speak on? I see Diane's questions raised. I see Betty's question raised. Um, go ahead, um, Diane. Diane first and Betty. Um um, for me, I'm a solo mompreneur. So um, it's kind of a twofold. So yes, it is a mindset thing. And I really don't have family support at all, really, to support my business in that way. So my advice is to not only kind of piggybacking off of Erica, have that tribe to be able to support you when you can to do all the other things, but Find a way to keep that mental up because it is going to be hard. You are starting out doing everything on your own. And at times, my son more than likely is going to be next to me or in a video or anything like that. So I just let everyone know, hey, my son might pop in from time to time and we might have to endure. But it doesn't stop me from doing what I want to do. I don't say, hey, I can't do it because I have him full time or I have to manage his um you know, development or his school and everything. I find ways. Sometimes I may be in transport, but but find a way 
to have that support, to keep that mental up and keep pushing forward because it is going to be a slow build, but in time you will be able to create that tribe to where you can outsource some of the things and you're not doing a lot of things. Um, and, and really you can build that business up to scale the way you want yeah. to do it properly. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So a couple of statements from Miss Betty and then Andre and then Nakota. Let's see. Get okay. you- mine, mine is really quick. I really just want to uh, encourage those of you all the younger. This month I'll be turning 69, so I'm awesome. just 70 quick. But uh, one of the <laughs> things I'd like to encourage the, the generations that come behind me is to, while you're young, focus on saving, uh, investing, establishing, and positioning yourself. So when you become my age, you have the resources in place to be able to do some things that you wanted to do. Uh, One of the tragedy, well, I won't call it a tragedy because I think it was just the way God planned it for my life. But when I was growing up, my parents didn't pour into me like we're getting over this conversation doing this podcast. So I didn't really get a start on having a sense of what I want to do till I was well into my 60s. And I, I, for a long time, I felt bad about that because I felt like I had wasted my life. Um, And then I had a young person tell me, I was sharing it with them, and they said, you should never have those type of regrets because God has positioned you to now pass on that wisdom to us. And Mm. so I would just say, while you're young, do what you need to do, get things in place. And then when you're at my age, you can really launch and be an asset to somebody else. Awesome. Thank you, Miss Betty. You have a tribe here. Because we appreciate you. Nakoto next, Andre, and uh, then we're going to pivot to my brother, Jay Haleen Washington. Go ahead, Nakoto. Wow. I am amazed and honored to be on this panel tonight. Uh, I have been writing more notes than anything, and I know I've been pretty quiet, but it really is impressive to hear each of your stories. Uh, I don't know that what I have to add to it other than uh, we focus very quickly in trying to learn how to navigate uh, the social media uh, world uh, because that is very important and it really does help you to get your name or whatever you're trying to establish and get it out there. Um, But you really do have to understand the data analytics for it. The same thing for YouTube. Um, It's a hard, you know, tough world to cut your teeth in with so many people uh, trying to produce similar content, or maybe you are producing something unique. It still doesn't mean that the people that you're wanting to attract can even find you. So data analytics, SEOs, and things like that, that help you to manipulate the internet uh, will really start to be the things that feed you. And I'm over here writing notes uh, about how to do that. And I certainly want to reach out to a few of you to ask some follow-up questions. Um, the other thing that we leaned into early on was marketing, getting a marketing coach uh, and a business coach and an Instagram coach. 
Uh, so it's like, you know, and as soon as we can start to like uh, turn these kind of roles over to other people, um, we certainly will. But we leaned into our friend network. Uh, there were people that were kind enough to be like, hey, I'll develop your website and really spent the time and energy to uh, either give us a remarkable deal or um, give it to us for near nothing. So um, but you can't operate a business that way because you can't scale it. Um, so right here, right now, I'm ears to the ground, listening to uh, the kind of things that help me get to the next level. So thank you all for that. Yeah, Nakota, make sure you tell us about your gathering that's coming up because we forgot to go into a shameless plug that. But I will give you a quick announcement first before you do your plug. And then we go to Andre and then we go to Jay Aline. So um, one of the things I'm going to follow up, a good surprise for this audience. What I'm going to kick off my aunt actually inspired this. She's in Texas and she has what she calls a monthly sister circle. And what the monthly sister circle is, is a group of entrepreneurs who come together once a month and they talk about their challenges, what they're working through and what they need help with. For example, she reached out to me. She says, hey, I um, have a person from my sister circle. She's trying to get into the uh, North Carolina and the Georgia market. I know your podcast cover that. Can you spotlight her on your show? I'm like, sure. So that's the type of help she got from a sister circle. What I'm going to do is follow up with this thing, and I'm going to see if I can convince uh, some of the uh, entrepreneurs here to teach us something and give you guys an opportunity, because I know I want to get a chance to share this wisdom and Nakota, make sure that all of the entrepreneurs have each other's contact information so you guys can leverage each other. But I just want to say that. But give us a, um, a shout out for your gathering coming up, then Andre, then Jay Haleen. Sure. So <clears throat> coming up on March 11th, we're going to be hosting an event here in the metro Atlanta area out at Panola Mountain Panola Mountain Park, uh, State, State Park. Um, it's going to go from noon to around 7 p.m. Uh, and it's going to we call it the gathering light. And what it is, is a camping expo, so to speak, uh, that brings all of the different kind of things that help people to get in where they start. You know, not everybody's really interested in camping or really understand it because of barriers that have existed that have kept us from being connected to nature. So um, on that particular day, we're partnering with REI, uh, New Belgium, uh, Sawyer, a number of really uh, nice companies that uh, have been leaning in to try to help us create diversity and equity and inclusion in the outdoors. This is our way of working with the Atlanta HBCU Alumni Association here in the metro Atlanta area. Uh, the event is called HBCU Get Grounded. We're going to have mindfulness activities, DJ, fish fry, tailgater, uh, and focus all of the businesses that are uh, unique to this area that people can certainly take advantage of. You had me at fish fry. I will be there, my brother. Andre, what you got for us? <laughs> you got to register so for, now. Go ahead. So for me, I, for me, I would say um, uh, always try to maintain three relationships, uh, a mentor, a peer, and a mentee. Um, and you don't really understand whether or not you've learned anything if you can't teach it forward. And so if you always have those three relationships going on, and don't think of those as uh, age-wise of a mentor versus a mentee. Um, think of them about as the experience that this person has in a particular area. And so they might be an expert in one area, and they and you need to lean on them as a mentor in that area. Um, and there might be another area that you're a mentee in. Um, and so really just understand, try to have those three uh, relationships at all times, a mentor, a peer, and a mentee. 
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, panelists. Up next is our feature. In addition, I'm going to add Bethany, who is our special co-host. Y'all make sure we have to do some vote after the y'all log off. That's going to be a vote. Make sure y'all vote for um, Bethany. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Diane. Diane going to be back. She's going to be our next, you know, co-host. You know, I like people who, 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 you know, good on the fly. I just tell them crazy stuff and like, I got it right. But I got my brother, Jay. Halim. I am so excited that he's here. I'm going to tell y'all why. A few weeks ago, we were doing a show. Um, he has an executive assistant. She hit me up. She's like, you got to have my man on the show. I'm like, I don't even know who this brother is, right? But, you know, I'm, I'm from Texas, so everybody, our cousin. So I'm like, I'm checking him out. I sit down. I talk to my brother. We chopped it up. And OMG, all I could do is be elated. I'm like, I got a show coming up on entrepreneurs. You got to be here. But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, essentially pour his Kool-Aid. I'm going to let my brother tell you, introduce himself. So I just want to say thank you, my brother, for being here. And um, Jay Halim, do you mind introducing yourself, letting us know who you are and tell us your background? Tell us your origin story, where you grew up and essential information about you. And by the way, in case y'all don't know, he's the entrepreneur coach. He probably calls himself something else, but I call him an entrepreneur coach. Jay Halim, what's up, my brother? Welcome to Southern Soul. You ain't telling me you had all these heavy hitters in here, man. <laughs> <laughs> they doing it, ain't they, man? Yeah, man. I got my sister from the Brick City over here. I'm born and raised in Newark. Went to Wheatway High School, graduated from Wheatway High School. So from Hawthorne Avenue. So yeah, that's 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 still home team. So I'm glad to see you doing well, you know, representing down in the A. I had somebody from New York down there too. But everybody from New York is in the A now. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I'm always in Vegas. And again, um, salute to you. Yes, my my assistant, her name is Tamika, and she's a rock star as well. And she's always calling somebody about me, literally, all over the world. I just was on a podcast in London yesterday because of her. So um, one of those, the reasons for that is I just released my fourth book a couple months ago called Business Corner, was really need to survive the entrepreneurial fight. And a lot of you guys had mentioned that. And the business corner is, is exactly what it means. You know, I have a picture of a boxing ring right here in the corner because I don't care if it's Floyd Mayweather, Muhammad Ali, any of the best boxers, they always had somebody in the corner. And even the person in their corner probably couldn't perform the way they did in the, in, the, um, in the ring, but they understood that they needed somebody to see things that they couldn't see while we were in that fight. And this entrepreneurial fight that we have, somebody alluded to, to it that way, it's very lonely. You know, I share in my book all the time that, you know, your spouse, when you say you want to start this company and you have a great job and that sister is getting Louis bags weekly and you taking her on trips and, you, you know, she at Balenciaga and then you tell her all oh, this is going to be on pause for a minute because I'm about to take, you know, $5,000 and put it into this business. She's like, nah, I'm not really with that. You know, I can't hang out with the girls. I can't take no trips. I'm not really with that. Maybe you get past that point. But check this out. What happens when in five years, now you got $100,000 saved up, the business is actually working, and you go to that sister and tell her, I'm going to put all $100,000 back into the business. You're not going on no trips. You're putting it back into the business because we want to be great. Who do you have in your corner to, to coach you through that? Who's around you? Because they're going to look at you like you're crazy. You're going to need some mental health you know, counseling. Because people are not behind that, you know? And so the thing is, in this business, and this, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. I'm from North New Jersey. She knows I'm from Hawthorne Avenue, so she understands my neighborhood. I was born and raised. 
And I was in everything that had to offer on Hawthorne Avenue coming up in the late 80s, early 90s, right? So I was involved in all of that. Graduated high school by the skin of my teeth. I wasn't even at my graduation because I was in Essex County Jail at the time. And so when I got out of Essex County, I had my graduate, I was I graduated, but I didn't walk across the stage. But I'm facing time in prison, but it was my first adult offense. I already been to the youth house. You remember, you know, youth house on Sussex Avenue. I've been in there a few times too. So my cousin worked at Shabazz. He said, look, I'm gonna get you um down to this college. They accept you in South Carolina. And if we get you in there, they probably can get you to go into this program to get you an expungement. Did that, came back and forth up every month to go to this program, all to become a felon in South Carolina the very next year. So I'm playing, I'm supposed to be playing ball, supposed to be in college doing my thing. Now that's not working. So now I'm facing 10 years in prison my whole time through college. So the job that you get in college ain't going to pay for no lawyer that's going to cost you $20,000. I'm doing things that they're rapping about now. I, I had to, I did a, a, um, a check scam over $100,000 and they rap about that now. I was afraid to tell that because when I was in North, I was selling drugs hard, hard body. So like I wasn't, it wasn't cool to talk about that. Then I'm like, you know, this is something I'm doing on the side. So I'm facing this type of time, oldest type of money. So what am I doing? I'm back to the street again, but I got, I'm on a dean's list in college while I'm in the street going hard in the paint. So I got a restaurant. I didn't invested in throwing parties and doing all type of stuff just to get through this time. I graduate all to go get these jobs because I graduated on the dean's list and they tell me I can't get a job because I'm a felon. So I got to go into entrepreneurship a thousand percent. So imagine before social media, if you are an entrepreneur, you got a, and you got a degree. I mean, you know, you're telling you, you crazy. What do you mean? You got to get this job. You got straight A's in college with a business degree. Why are you not working for somebody? Well, they won't let me. <laughs> I've applied. I got hired, actually signed paper off alpha letters. And they told me when my paperwork came back, now nah, we got to rescind your offer multiple times. Nobody shouldn't have complained if I went back to the street, but I didn't. I did this entrepreneurial thing. I failed miserably multiple times. But what I learned is, is that a lot of times when I failed, it was nobody around. There was no support. The people wasn't there. I was at an HBCU and nobody told me, yeah, 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 go do the business. They was even buying food from my restaurant. Still was, oh man, when you need to get rid of this restaurant thing and go get a job. It was never telling me as a kid that I needed to go ahead. They see the, the gift in me. They see I had the glow. They see I can go ahead and make a million dollars. They never told me that. They kept telling me to go get my job. Well, I want it. They won't give it to me. So years later, I went through the Obama thing. You know, I was living in D.C. with my family. My wife worked on the cap on Capitol Hill. She worked at 600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Everybody know the address of the White House, 1600. So we right there. Well, our fair president now, who was the vice president at that time, his chief of staff was her boss. He said, I'm going to do full time politics. Y'all ain't going to have no job in three weeks. Figure it out. And she's making six figures as an office manager. I'm running a commercial cleaning business. My condo, that was $250,000 on Laurel Lakes if you know about the DC area, was worth 175. Because the, 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 the economy was crazy with the real estate. So I had to sell my company off in pieces. Again, I had nobody to help me. Because even the people around me, my government, um, working um, parents, and my in-laws, I'm sorry, wasn't telling me, because they really didn't want me to have no business anyway. So they wasn't telling me how to sell my business. Nobody wasn't trying to help me do that. So I, I lost my shirt. I could have made millions of dollars off the company. But I, I, I took what I took. And went back south. But I just told you I was a felon, right? 
And I got became a felon in South Carolina. So I had to go back down there again and face these people in the South. And they tell me I got to take an $8 an hour job. And they can't pay my wife a six-figure salary. But I went to a TD Jakes conference in 2014 with my church. And he came out there with a, a, a lion, a full-grown lion. This is when he put out his book, Instinct. And that was the title of the speech at the time. And he said, this lion had been in the cage all his life from the time he was born. He's like, so why are we afraid of him? He said, we're not afraid of him. We're afraid of his instinct. We're afraid that if we let him out, he's going to remember who he's supposed to be and hurt somebody. He said, I'm talking to somebody in here. I started crying like a big, fat baby. And I quit my job a couple months later, got an office, and became a full-time photographer. Now, people in that same place told me I'll write a book. They didn't tell me I was going to write four, but I ended up writing four books. And all of them was, are to help individuals like myself who didn't have any help. I developed this mantra, I won't starve, as soon as I left my job, because I wasn't about to ask for permission. I wasn't about to explain to you my plan. I wasn't about to tell you that it was going to work. I just knew I wasn't going to starve. I knew my family wasn't going to starve. And we haven't. I haven't been back to work since. I'm not going back to work. There's no need for me to work. I employ individuals. Now, I love working. I never had the pleasure to have that six-figure job. I never had the pleasure to have the career job. I never had the pleasure to have that insurance besides when I was paying for insurance for my employees. So I tell people in my second book, you won't starve. The first principle is hustle while you work. Because while I was at that $8 an hour job, I was taking pictures. I started taking pictures for the people at the hotel. And in my book, I worked at the Hampton Inn for $8. I was taking pictures there. Because, you know, then I started taking pictures of other people. I even sold that camera when I was having my son because I thought that, I'm like, I need some money. But my pastor gave me the camera back. I sold it to him. He gave it back to me. He said, God wants you to use this thing. And that camera took me all over the world. But what, what it brought me to where I am now is because some a brother came to me at, from the city and said, look, you need to get certified to do business with the government. And I said, all right, well, I don't know what that is, but I'm with it. I'll try it. And so I did it. And um, I started doing business with the government and made amazing relationships. Because I'm a hustler by trade. It was just different, you know, products, but I've always been a hustler. So I understood relationships first. And so whenever I met these individuals at the city, I wasn't worried about social media because the government don't worry about social media. They don't, they barely use social media. So I brought fruit and donuts and coffee to every office that was around my city. I went and made sure I was at every function that they was at. I set up a table at every function they was at because I understood something about networking. It's called being a cheese. For my grown-up adult wine drinkers, if you're selling wine for $20 a bottle, $40 a bottle, and I'm selling the same thing, we're both not making no money. That person that's selling cheese making money off both of us. So my, my job was to be the cheese and, and being in rooms that nobody was my competition. Everybody's my potential client. And so when I was there, I made those relationships. They actually said, Jay, we're about to lose some funding. I said, why? He's like, because we're not hitting our supply diversity quotas. And so for people that know that certain business, um, government entities have 10%, 15%, sometimes 20% supply diversity quotas. And everybody in here fit under that, that, that criteria of minority business owner. And, um, you know, I said, well, I can help you with that. I can get you some minority business owners. I told you I used to throw parties, right? So I said, I can, I can, clean, I can bring a bunch of people in the room. I brought over 150 people in the room and something called the I Won't Starve experience. And I had my partners in there, which was government entities. 
And from that point on, we were to, to today, we helped over 600 businesses get certified and actually do business with the government. That started off my, my consulting career as a government consultant. So now today through my company, Jalim LLC, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, and I help business owners like yourself do business with the government. I specialize in that. We talk about niches, right? I can help you do a whole bunch of things, but I understand that the government is not going to lose no money. If they do lose money, they're going to print more. You know what I'm saying? They're not worried about social media when it's time for you to go do the business. They have a strict plan on how to get money with them. If you're willing to go through that, you can get the paper. You all probably had jobs, so you're willing to go through a plan. Just Are you willing to go through that plan for yourself and to change your life? The government's not going nowhere, and then you can go to another country, still do business with that government and the next government. And the same thing works. They move slow enough for you to catch up. You don't have to keep worrying about the changes. It's still the same now. Everything's still the same. <laughs> so for me, you know, I'm just blessed to be here, going through the things I got. I abbreviated my story. I could have talked about being shot, you know what I'm saying, on, on the corner of Hawthorne Avenue, <laughs> you know. Um, I told you how many times I've been to, I mean, even when I went to South Carolina, I, yeah, I got the felony charge, but I had five or six more charges before that. You know what I mean? Like, it was really a thing. And plan beat the clock of, am I going to go to prison or am I going to beat this case and not go away for 10 years? But God saw fit for me to do that. And I never went back to selling drugs anymore. Was it hard? Yeah, it was terrible. I didn't want to tell that story. So I didn't put that in my first book, the title, I Won't Starve. Because I said I did that, beat that, went down and still came up without going back to selling drugs. So I ain't really worried about that part. I wanted to tell the story of how God helped me out and how I stayed, stayed with it and came up with a mantra to say, Reverend, you, because this says I won't starve. I had to figure out what I was going to do first. Once I figured out how I knew that I wasn't going to starve, then I had a chance to focus on other people. And it's my job to anybody come through me to put you in a situation where you leave better than you came. And again, as I just said, and where I come from, I'm 600 up, 600 and up. Awesome. Awesome. I told you the brother was bad. What you think, Bethany? Yeah, you're a little muted, but I'll I'll get you off. Yes, wow, that is profound. You know, as you were telling that story, if I could just jump in real quick, I was getting this image of like a almost like a chameleon or something that just adapts and changes and is flexible. You didn't let anything ever stop you. You just kept going and you just adapted whatever was thrown your way. You were just like, I got this. I'm going to just ease on around it and not let it be an obstacle. You just kind of wove your way around it, through it, over, under. (laughs) I love it. You know, and that actually, you know, is the next question because, you know, Jay, you know, you had this statement and I love it. I love it. I love it because, you know, it just reminds me of my story. And you have stated this life is made for the flexible individual. Yeah, for sure. Those who capable to pivot. What does that mean? You know, flexibility is probably the number one characteristic you need to have in entrepreneurs because I, I'm a business coach. I fuck full time. Thousand percent. That's all we do is coach and train entrepreneurs. And everybody comes to me with their business plan that has zero to a million dollars. I don't see no squiggly lines in there. And I haven't seen a real business with squiggly lines. And the truth of the matter is the, the path to success in entrepreneurship is a bottleneck. Everybody got to do cert- the same things to win. 
everybody got to do the same things to win. So when, when you can play in entrepreneurship all you want, because the social media have you thinking that you're an entrepreneur, but you're just really running from the big bad boss man. But as I also said that everybody's not fit for the game. Some people are supposed to be on stage and some people are supposed to buy a ticket. But the people who are supposed to be in the game need to be flexible. You think about the actors that's on TV and the actors that's on Broadway. The actors on TV got multiple takes. On Broadway, they got to change in, 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 in the mix. And that's entrepreneurship. You know, things that happen in the day, you can't be like, oh, I'm quitting my business because it didn't go exactly the way you planned it on paper. You know, and even the banks know that. So when you come to them asking for money, they know that it's not going zero to a million dollars. They know that. They sitting there looking at you like, nah, never mind. How much credit you got personally? I was just going to give you this personal loan if you got 750 credit. But if not, then come back and see me in 10 years. But they might, they're not going to tell you that because they're going to want you to keep coming back in and say, get a bank account. And that might help you. No, it's not. Only thing going to help you is running your business right and doing the things. It's only certain ways to run a successful business. It's not, oh, it's multiple businesses, but every business goes the same way. That stuff you learn in college, that location, 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 even the location on your social media platforms fits. Because if you're in Facebook and your customer's not on Facebook, you're in the wrong location. You know, the supply and demand is the same situation. If it's too many people in the same space doing the same thing, you're not going to get that notice. So it's still the same thing. They can put social media, they can make it, try to make it easier, faster, all that other stuff. It's all garbage. If you're not flexible, you're not going to be able to stand in this because it's going to throw you, you know, some curveballs. Can you handle it? Awesome. Awesome. You know, what we're going to do is pivot for some questions. I'm going to give, you know, maybe five minutes to talk about some questions. And this is for the audience. This is for anyone who's here for the previous speaker. We've got my boy Jay Halim here. We got his Tamika here. His Tamika is putting in the chat how y'all can connect with him. He actually moved around his schedule so he can be here tonight. And like he said, he does consulting consulting, coaching, coaching, coaching. But what question do we have for Jay Halim? What question do we have for any of the previous speakers? Put it in the chat, you know, or raise your hand. Let's spend five minutes just on a few questions. And then just let you know the run of the show. We had a home stretch. We got my boy K Boogie, the real K Boogie. Not that dude that was here last week because his technology wasn't working. We got the real K Boogie here tonight, y'all. And I know because he was playing some cuts early and it took me back. So we got the real K Boogie in the house tonight. We see if he show up. If not, I'm going to play some of my daddy's record and we're going to just close out just fine. But in this next, you know, um, 19 minutes we got, what I want to do is to do some Q&A and do some wrap ups. And we're going to spend, you know, the last few minutes just kind of wrapping up. But what questions do we have for Jay Haleen or any of the previous speakers? What do we got? Tamika, if you mind helping me with the questions. There's a question from Nakota. Um, He said he hasn't written one book. So, Jay Halim, how'd you get to the point of writing that first book? The funny thing is, you know, I started speaking. Um, I would take photos of major situations. I mean, look at what, what I did. I've done major conferences, things like that. And I would hear people speak and tell their story. I'm like, I got a story. Got something to say. And so uh, the funny thing, one of my partners, um, he was actually from South Carolina. He lives in Atlanta now. He's a barber. He cuts hair for Tyler Perry Studios and all that other stuff. And shout out to my brother, Derek Washington, because he's about to, they might be winning a, um, an Oscar. He's on the hair um, thing for Wakanda Forever. So he's on that team. And so they won the NAACP Image Awards. So they might be winning an Oscar. So shout out to my brother. But when he moved to Atlanta, he started a, um, a nonprofit that works in collaboration with Georgia State. And he knows my story. So he invited me down there to speak. And um, I, was, I was sold on it. And I created the I Won't Starve experience as, of course, to help my people. But I was a headline speaker and I, I, I didn't want people to tell me if I was good enough to speak or not. 
you know, for money. So I did my own thing and speaking, everybody said, you need a book, you need a book, you need a book. And even at TDJ's that I told you about, some lady was praying with me. She said, you're going to write books. I said, whatever, you know, because I never thought about doing that. But then um, I started to start trying to write a book. I, I failed miserably a couple of times. And then that's how I met my Tamika, because she is a book writing coach and strategist. And so I brought her in to um, help me write this book. And literally, you know, I kidnapped her and she's been with me the last four, almost five years now. <laughs> but, you know, she helped me with my first book. She actually put pen to paper on Jay Haleem. I mean, I won't starve. And then I learned how to do my own thing because I think I drove her crazy. She said she would never help nobody <laughs> to that extent ever again. Because, you know, I was just really on it <laughs> about that. But no, she helped me out a lot. And it's been, I found my niche, man. I found my, my voice. Because again, being this entrepreneurial path, you got a lot to get off your chest. You always, as a man, I know a lot of times our sisters feel like you guys are under pressure. But, and I believe you guys are. We are too. And as a man, we always got to remain strong in our spot. We can't tell everybody that we're going through this drama and this nonsense, you know, so we got to keep it in. So the books was my way to let it out. You know what I'm saying? So I, but I, I would reach out to Tamika and she has a book writing, um, um what's a workshop coming up in uh, on the first. So yeah, Tamika, you know, make sure you put that in the chat Tamika. So yeah. we want to catch you for your workshop. Cause you know, we got some people with a lot on their mind. <laughs> She's called the Ink Pen Diva. Um, that's her name of her company. But I kidnapped her because I was like, you need to be here. And now she's my executive assistant and she's not going nowhere. So awesome. Awesome. What other questions you got to make? That actually answered uh, Virginia's question because she wanted to know, besides writing and getting her thoughts down for her story, what would be the next step? And writing her book. So I think connecting with Tamika would probably be a good thing, but you have that'd anything else to add? Thing. Oh yeah, that'd be a great thing. But what, what she's taught me and I do it all on my own. Now I come to her like, yo, I got another book ready, but you got to create an outline. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to really be like, once you do that, that would be like, what's, what, what do you want to talk about from start to finish? So my first book, the outline is, and this timestamp is from 08 to 2017. So it was when I, you know, start, things started going down with the kind of economy me going to South Carolina, going through all that stuff, till I made six figures the first time as a um, photographer. You know, so that's where it started. And so that's my outline. So now, if you want to tell the truth, then all you got to do is just document everything. But you see how I just cut it off for you now? If you want to get a little bit more creative, it's something different. But for me, that first book was just about my story from a short time period. I did. We just went past what happened in those times. And we made some adjustments because I wasn't trying to tell a tell-all book. So that was important for me not to make it into a tabloid. And, you know, Tamika was like, ah, oh, you're driving me crazy and all that other stuff like that. Yeah, we we, we, we want to get the tabloid. Yeah, we want to get the tabloid because it seems like you got some stories to tell. My, <laughs> my people, my people, I just want to say thank you to all of the entrepreneurs who have spoken tonight. I know we had a full agenda, but I want to thank you guys for letting me be me. Right. For let me be myself. People are like, how many entrepreneurs you going to have? I'm like, just calm down. I'm just going to do it. And, and I want to say thank you to Bethany. Who I'm like, Bethany, can you come in and do your thing? I want to say thank you for Jay Haleen for moving around his schedule to be here. I want to yeah. say thank you to my Tamika for, you know, keeping me sane. I want to thank you to Jay Haleen's Tamika for essentially allowing him to be here. Thank you to Erica for teaching me how to fish. Thank you to Andre for always being that supportive brother. No matter what I'm doing, you always show up. 
Belinda, thank you for listening to all my long stories. I know I'll be talking. You'll be like, this brother's just going to talk, going to talk. I told you you need to connect with Jay Halim. See, you didn't know he was from your same neighborhood. See, I know I got the I got the gift. Thank you to Miss Betty for believing in me and allowing me to be your podcast coach. Thank you to Diane for following your passion in helping not only the children, but the parents, because I once again see your passion. I see your genuineness and it just makes me excited. Thank you to Nakota and your wife, Sonia, for you guys being the pioneers in creating things that didn't exist before you showed up. Thank you to the real K Boogie. Thank you for joining us at Southern Soul Livestream Talk Show. Join us weekly at soullivestream.com. If you're joining us live, we'll take a quick music break and then come back for a discussion with the audience.